Keep it. Keep it. It looks cool. <laughs> it's literally Miku. That's awesome. <laughs> How do you even do that? I oh, it, it came up when I start, when I logged into Skype. It could give me like an extra thing. I don't know what happened with it. I love it. That's so cool. That's so cool. So I don't think um, we'll have Brandon today, but he might join in a few minutes. You never know. Cool, cool. But this is uh, DM Your BF Quarantine. Uh, this is, I think, our eighth show, I think, in quarantine. We have Landy out of Scotland today joining us from across the pond. This is unbelievable. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on DM Your BF, man. Thank you for inviting me here. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Long time. We have we have guest host today. Mr. Hello. Everyone. <laughs> I've been on this show before, like three times. <laughs> once you once you're a guest three times, then you become host. That's the that's the way it works. So, oh. Landy, if you come on two more times, you get to be. Oh, this is like a card. You sign off. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you get stamp every time. <laughs> exactly, three stamps, and you get your name in the the podcast. DM your BF plus uh, your initials are L, or what are your initials? BD. BD. Yeah. Right. Or right. Delaney. Delaney. Right. Use your last name. Like. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's there's someone famous with the last name Delaney. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember either. Delaney. Uh, something Delaney. Isn't it like Richard or something? I think so. Uh, I don't know. Someone. There's a Danish footballer called Thomas Delaney. Uh, are you, I don't are think you that's it. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I'm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I searched Delaney. down. Yeah, I think that's who. Maybe I was thinking about. But anyway, <laughs> what time is it there? So it's the evening. Yes, yeah, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. So f- this is this is interesting for us. We've never been. Um, well, I mean, this isn't like broadcasting live, but mm. we've never done the show um, like at night. I think DMRBF <laughs> is more of a nighttime show anyway, because John John can attest to this. Our shows are pretty pretty crazy at times. <laughs> a lot of cool topics and stuff. It's def- it's definitely a night show. <laughs> it's like weekend night show. Mm-hmm. Weekend night show, definitely. Now we can do it at whatever time we want, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, you you've been making music for a while. When did you yeah. when did you get into music initially? So I used to do theater, like musical theater, when I was a lot younger. Um, since a, like 11 or something. Um, and then it was maybe like a year or two ago. I can't remember. I think it was a year ago. I I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I thought, you know, I love the singing aspect of it, but I hated dancing. And that was one of the biggest parts of theatre, which sucks. It <laughs> sucks so much. Um, so I was like, oh, I want to keep doing music. So why not just start like creating stuff? Like I knew I kind of was Pride Sympathy like keyboard at the time. So I just thought, um, I'll start, whatever. I had a few friends who played instruments. Um, my friend Ross 
play. He had he he knew how to produce. He had like FL Studio and he'd make beats and stuff all the time. So shout me and him, yeah, shout out to Ross. He's great. Me and him used to make uh, little songs and stuff all the time. We had a we had a group called Pastel Horizons. Yeah, was, I remember it was that. So bad. The looking back on the music now, it was awful, but it was so it was fun. We had fun, and that was what was great about it. That's actually how me and uh, uh, Brandon met through Pastel Horizons. Yeah, it was like two. I think I met both of you guys. Yeah, two, you two you met you met Ross first because because he was looking through Matt Champion's follows, and he saw you, and oh. I was like, oh, this guy looks cool, and just followed you. Yeah, he still uh, follows me. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dane, have you heard of Matt Champion? He's from the the rap the rap group Brockhampton. I, yes, I do know Brockhampton, but I don't know him specifically. Yeah, he's like one of the members. So basically, we oh, met okay. through yeah on the on wow. inst- Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's the same year I met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Twenty eighteen. I met you like April. April. Um. Uh. Possibly. I can't remember. I'm really bad with dates. My memory's horrible. I think for no for Brandon, it was September. I remember mm-hmm. September 2018, and then Dane, it was April. But yeah, the power yeah. of the internet's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. So you guys just connected through was it Instagram initially or um? Yeah, Instagram initially. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. That's, that's crazy. And you guys have produced some music together, I think. Uh, yeah, we're still working on stuff. Working on some stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. How do you go about actually like um? How how do you two share the music between each other that you produce and collaborate on? Is it through like I know there's obvious like Google Drives and stuff, but is there like a is there like an app that you can actually produce on one timeline, uh, remote remotely at all? I I think there actually is, but um I've seen people do it. There's like a I've seen a Twitch stream of like people can go in and just like like put notes and stuff, but it's like really really chaotic. So um, that that'd be cool. That'd be cool to try out, but I don't think we've actually tried that. Yeah, it's basically been through like voice recordings and uh, emails okay. and stuff. Actually, we just did something yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just sent him a, a recording of of a acoustic guitar. Wow, that's inspiring. That's inspiring. It's just um, it, it makes the most sense these days, right? Like. Why, why be why be um, reliant on just the people in your community when you have this international community you could just work with mm-hmm. the same Definitely. way? It's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's amazing. I mean, even back in like 50s, 60s, like you had, well, maybe a little bit later, but you had, you had our sending the records out from North America to the UK all the time. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's just cool to see it evolve. Like they'd have producers in other countries that uh, would, master the music they send it out so i think this will be like something that um i think it's just it's going to be even more of the norm i think especially with the quarantine like everyone's just working independently but you have to branch out to people and around the world and it just makes sense so that's really interesting that's inspiring because i recently i've um, been working with um well talking with a, a friend of mine out of italy and we, we're planning some uh, some projects in the future. Some doing the same thing that you guys are doing, just sharing sharing mm-hmm. music together and trying to collaborate, sure. make, make a project. 
it seems it seems harder at first when you think about it like mm-hmm. like how how to actually produce it but yeah, it, it's really no different than than actually being in a studio together when you think about mm-hmm. it just yeah. skyping Mm-hmm. That's inspiring to me. That's inspiring to me. So I'm gonna going to definitely take this as uh, motivation to, to just go ahead and do that because definitely, I love it. Mm. And uh, Landy, I, I was listening to your music the other day, like a week ago. Um, so your video on YouTube, you're perform. I think you're performing on the on the synth or keyboard in inside indoors. I can't remember the, the yeah. track, but I love uh-huh. that. I, I love that track. Mm-hmm. I think it's April's Fool. Yes, that's yep. it. That's exactly That's a good it. song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's the first one I properly released on big streaming services. Because mm-hmm. I have a bunch of old stuff on SoundCloud, but nothing I've been really happy with to put on streaming platforms. Yeah. Who are your like biggest influences, like... In your whole life, but who who are your big influences right now? Just just wow. motivate you to make music. <laughs> that's that's a huge question. Definitely. There's so there's so many. There's so many. I think really are. I think you definitely get influences from everything. You take True. little parts from things you like and then add it into your own, and it sticks in your mind. Um, from just anything. It doesn't even have to be music. It could be film. It could be nature. It could be other people you talk to. It's definitely it's hard to put that into mm-hmm. one. Um, if we're talking musical influences, um, Chelish Gambino has been my number one favorite artist of all time. Yeah. For, since a really long time. I have a huge poster of him in my room. <laughs> it like hangs above my head when I go to sleep. But um, uh, I don't think he impacts on my music. He's just a huge influence on the way he does things. Like, he's a producer, he's a musician, a comedian, an actor, a choreographer, a writer. He's all these types of things. And it's really inspiring to think that he could do all these things. And he only started most of these things when he was, like, 20, 21. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's... I I think more than ever, you're just seeing, like, generational artists just make music in their early 20s and it's mm-hmm. it makes you just want to get involved and just start making music because mm-hmm. I, I mean i think it's always been like that like even artists from 50 years ago they were, they were starting off quite young but i think it's just even it's even more evident these days like you through, through the internet like the billy mm-hmm. Irish is just like yeah so young just making like music that's just this <laughs> huge and it's it's it makes you realize there's like no excuses, I guess, and just, mm. just have to start making something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely um, easier with like the internet now too. Mm-hmm. It's much easier for like uh, kids to just uh, learn um, an instrument through YouTube or something, or even you just to learn, to learn an that. instrument. Yeah, just learn how to produce. Learn how to produce. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because when I was like. 16 17 that's when i wanted to start making music and i did it was mostly just experimenting on um like fl studio in those days but like mm-hmm. i never really did anything and um i think it was always like when you're young you kind of think like oh i'm not ready for this people won't like that's that's the excuse i gave myself was like 
oh no, I, got, I have to wait till I'm a little bit older for people to respect my music, to appreciate it. But then, and I mean, that was like, that was like six years ago. So it hasn't changed that much, but I think today it's even more, I think it just feels possible being mm-hmm. a young musician, just like in your teens to, you, you think it, you see all these case studies of it working. So maybe I think it's even more encouraging these days just to start making music as young as possible and mm-hmm. not being afraid of like older people, not maybe, um, I guess that was my concern when I was like a teenager was like, Oh, the older musicians that might come across my music might not appreciate it and think that I'm just, I'm not on the same level as them. And I think I had to get rid of that perspective because you see just, it's usually young people that are changing the game, innovating the most. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm still young, I'm 23, but mm-hmm. it's just like the excuses you tell yourself, right, when you're, yeah. you're really young. And I think that's, that's yeah. the same for a lot of creative things. You just have to start. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely a struggle I think especially yeah. procrastination I struggle with a lot just getting yeah. motivation to yeah, actually so do something and just work on something exactly yeah that's that's for me too it's just even when it comes to I shouldn't say this but even when it comes to these shows like I take so long to edit them so <laughs> John knows like there's like yeah. a backlog of these shows that I've just like I, I, it takes so long to edit them because I want to make them like interesting with the, yeah. the the sound effects and everything and then i take some production i just don't get them out <laughs> and i and i feel bad because it's like two months it's later okay. and artists are waiting mm. for them so i hope Landy, you hear this uh sooner than than later but you will you will get a copy right after the show it, it, it automatically uh sends you the video but the final cut it could take a little bit of time i am i am so director's on. cut <laughs> i understand extended Definitely. deluxe edition <laughs> I censor anything like any swears and stuff because it, it goes up to the university uh, page. So oh, okay. I just like like to censor it so I don't get hear any feedback from like, professors just <laughs> you know on me for stuff. So I had some pretty interesting sound effects. Uh, John notes. I think you've heard some of them. Yeah, they're pretty cool actually. Throwing some like what do I usually do? It's like the action stuff. And, like, yeah, <laughs> like this is a movie. <laughs> it's amazing but it takes me so long like procrastination is the, the killer i think but at the same time Definitely. that's just how life is you can't always be producing stuff constantly yeah. and it's hard to set deadlines for yourself that's the thing what mm. what do you think is like how do you how do you come to a conclusion like you're ready to release something do you set like personal deadlines for yourself personally um when I'm ready to release something, man, that's difficult. Uh, when I'm, I, I guess it's just like a feeling I get. You know, it's something. If mm-hmm. I'm really, really happy with something, it, I don't think any song's perfect. I'm, I'm really True. a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Like I try to get stuff perfect as I can. But if I can't, then I'll just deal with it. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not at a, a good enough level to be able to do that how I want it. Because I'm just working with myself. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say exactly. to you, like, sometimes if you try to perfect a song, like, way too much, too, I've, like, learned this in the past, you actually, like, you might, like, kind of, like, ruin it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Sometimes there's, like, um, there's only so far how you can, like, perfect a song. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, um, 
I feel like, yeah, there's definitely um, a goal to set for this song and how you want it to sound. But I feel like it's not good to, like, perfect it, like, over, like, 200 times or something. Unless mm-hmm. you want to, but... Yeah, like, there's, there's like, this whole... Um... Thing. I think I think it's kind of kind of Kanye West. That's mm-hmm. I think with his, with Life of Pablo, he made it like there's like ten different versions. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the idea of like you can endlessly go back and, and rearrange your music. Mm-hmm. And I personally think that's quite interesting because you can have like an album that just keeps coming out with something new years mm-hmm. later. But at a certain point, it's like when does the artist stop? Just bring with it. Like when will you just let your art be part of just your history and history? Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess that with technology, like you really don't have to these days. You can just release something, call it an unfinished version, come back to it months mm-hmm. later, years later. Like um, I know this is a different, this is a different example, but Jai Paul, his music was yeah, crazy. but um, shout out Jai Paul. I guess he eventually realized he just had to release basically the unfinished album. Um, was that recent album, John? I know you're a big Jai Paul fan. Was that an un- unfinished version of it that he just went out and released this last year? Yeah, so he's um, uh, Brandon. I think I sent him to you before. He yeah, was, I did listen uh, to that. Crush. Do you remember Crush? And like, uh, what's the other one? Crush and uh, Jasmine. So he recorded these songs from like, I think it was like as early as like 2007 or something. And then it got it got leaked on the internet in 2012 by um, his record company, or I, I think someone from the record company like they stole the files and they leaked it online and he got like pissed, so he like left the record like label, and then he became independent. But like those releases have be have like they gained like a cult following just the way that they were like mixed and stuff. It's like an alternative like, barring, uh, but. Uh, he finally just decided to officially just release the like leaks as, as like his debut album, and now he's like making music again. Yeah, because I think what ended up happening is his leaked music it went viral basically, like, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't actually make any money off of the the leaked release. I don't think. Yeah, so it, was a, it was like almost unbelievable because he he caught. He caught everyone by surprise. Like just, he just came out of nowhere, and, and you had like big R&B artists shouting him out. I think back in like the early 2010s, just giving mm-hmm. credit to him, and he didn't even realize like his music had been published anywhere. So it was like, it's it's very, it was a weird situation, very very disappointing that it happened to him because he's a very talented artist. But, it was like um, a, it was on XL recordings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, and it took him oof, since that was like 2011, I think it was leaked, right? Or 20? 20, like 12. 2012. So it wasn't until like seven years later that you officially just said, okay, yeah, you know, I need to own this, what I made, and just release it myself. Actually, but, speaking of Childish Gambino, he actually produced Time with, uh, you know, the song Time, right, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, he did production on that. I just found that out right now. So that's pretty Ooh. cool. Yeah. Damn. The trippy effects. Wow. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, 
uh, what was I? I forgot what I was going to say. But um, for you, like, like, do you do you look at your releases? Like, I know for me, I've been producing demos in the last year, and um, I was reading this interesting story about Kevin Parker of Tame Impala yesterday. That when he when he started off his initial demos, um, when he sent them to the record company, he they asked him, "Are you are, are you like a in a band or are you a solo artist?" And mm-hmm. at the time he was actually a solo artist, but he mm-hmm. told he told the comp, the record label like, "No, I'm in a band." Like he recorded every instrument on this demo track that he sent, but he wanted he wanted the illusion that he was in a band, not a solo oh. artist, because he thought that would be more convincing. Um, and I find that to be kind of interesting because, like, I initially started my demo project with the hopes that that would eventually take off and become a band, even though I can't play every instrument. I can't even really play one instrument. Um, <laughs> but what, what's your, like, perspective? Like, do you want to stay a solo artist or would you like to initially, like, act as a solo artist and then that branch out into maybe a band eventually? Or what's what do you kind of want to do? I think I definitely feel the same way as you. Like uh, I want to, I want to do it all myself because um, I've worked in bands in the past and they've always been unreliable for me. Like I feel like yeah. I'm the only one who wants to actually push forward with things and just get things done, and no one else wants to do stuff. So uh, that that's when I really figured for myself, I'm just going to do everything on my own mm-hmm. and wait until I get decently sized enough that people will come to me and want to play in a band and then they'll mm. be reliable enough. Yeah. That makes like sense. The, uh, what's it called? It's almost, yeah. It's kind of like the law of attraction sort of thing. Like, I, I, I feel what you mean. Yeah. I'm just like, as soon as like, see someone else doing it, then like, mm. yeah. That makes sense. And I think that's very common actually, because um, the band, uh, the chromatics, they were actually started by this, the bass player. He was the initial founding member, and then he just found like the sound that the Chromatics ended up kind of using. Um, and I think even Interpol, it was the same idea. It was, the, it was um, I think the bass player, Carlos Dangler, I think it was him that was the initial founding member. And then from there, he, he could just create the initial sound that attracted every other member to join. But yeah, I think... But then you also hear stories of, of just a group of three or four friends that are just messing around that end up making a band and they stick together. But I think that's that's harder to find, right? Like, that's not as easy as it sounds to just <laughs> have a committed team 100%. of people behind you all the time. Yeah, especially starting off because, like, it's so, it's so um, unpredictable, actually, where you the music will take you. So people, people's lives get busy. People have so many other things going on, especially when you're young. So um, you kind of have to just take a step forward yourself and just mm-hmm. watch things fall into place. Yeah. So eventually you think like, let's say, let's say two or three artists a year or two from now reach out to you and we're like, I really want to be part of my Landy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you need me to do? Do you think like, you would be really open to that and just have, you know, kind of tell, uh, like, prospective artists uh, what you need from from them. Like, let's say you need a drummer, for example. Mm. Something along those lines. Is that is that kind of what you're aiming for? Definitely, yeah. I think I, if they're, 
better than me an instrument, 100%. Because I, <laughs> I suck at instruments. Um, if they're better than me, because I need people for like live stuff. That's the only thing I'm I'm struggling with trying to do. Because um, I have this I have this um loop station type thing, which I'm gonna try start using and to do live shows on my own, which is the only like way I've managed to f- figure it around where I'm still playing instruments and not just singing along to backing tracks, mm-hmm. which is kind of still a struggle trying to get a bunch of instruments on top of each other. And not trying to like drag out songs. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, um, as far as like one one person can do a lot. Like, you you have so many artists that produce their entire album themselves, right? Mm. Um, I think Sufjan Stevens he did that with uh, Age of Age of Ads. But of course, once Age you start, Ads. you can't. You literally can't play every instrument on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Nine Inch Nails and like um, yeah. Boston. Did you, yeah. you remember? You guys know the uh, rock band Boston? Yeah. Like more than a feeling. They're like from the seventies. Oh. That was actually like a he, the the first like album. He actually played all the instruments himself. Wow, really? Yeah. So they basically just hired like touring members mm-hmm. for the concert. Eventually, then he like found the other members. To, I just know that that's one of my dad's favorite bands because my dad likes classic rock. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, like it's it's it makes more sense. Like I mean, as far as touring goes, so let's say, like again, with the internet, it's so it's so useful. Like for example, collaborating with John or me collaborating with my friend from overseas. It's it's so interesting, like how you can do this when it comes to touring. I think it almost makes just as much sense. Like, really, you don't need to be from the same place to go on the same tour. You're, you're traveling anyway most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you could you could easily invite your other members from other parts of the world to come to the touring location that you are playing in. And then, like, I think the whole idea of the internet and and bands uh, band members collaborating from different countries. I think that'll just be like, it'll, it'll just continue evolving. And it'll just become. Mm-hmm. What every band does, I think. I, I have a feeling it will be. Definitely. I think you're right. right. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because going back to Rockhampton, actually, because that's like a, because they're like a, a boy band, like, uh, group sort of thing. When they first started out, they actually, like, they didn't all live in the, they didn't come from the same place. They all met through the internet. That's so and, cool. like, even, and then they, when they, like, tour and make, like, albums and stuff, and stuff they would get together and stuff but like they just kind of like do like their own like thing after like touring and stuff wow but um it's crazy to uh think that uh because you're talking about like evolution of bands that just makes me think like what if bands don't even like they don't even like see each other they just like all put it together and then they just like can you imagine honestly Definitely. I think it it could work in the future. People figure out ways to do it. Yeah, they won't even have to be from the same like country. Mm. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And as far as like, um, well, like there's Billie Eilish who brother they just produce music in their own house. So I think that'll be 
more common. Like you're just you're mm-hmm. literally just working with the people as close to you as possible, but then also as far away from you as possible. Mm-hmm. A combination of both, rather than you know having to commute around a city to get all your friends together to perform or something. In a lot of ways, it's that's even harder. Like that's that's more time consuming <laughs> when you really put them. Definitely. And that's, I think this whole, um, this whole period of the pandemic, like, yeah, we're all all still wanting to be creative and it'll, Mm -hmm. it'll just, it'll just have people come up with so many new, so many new ideas for how they collaborate with other people's, even in film, I think like, like you see like the news right now, like, I don't know, probably in Scotland too, then the news, uh, programs, they're still running daily Mm -hmm. and, um, but now every all the all of the anchor performances or whatever you call them, anchor stand-ups, whatever, that they're all just like you're either in the studio or they're at home, and then mm-hmm. it's like no cameramen, so like now cameramen aren't really needed for interviews. Mm-hmm. Like it's all just done through Skype like this. Um, like so, the SNL stuff. Exactly. Like you think about how it's kind of sad. Like obviously a lot of people lost their jobs on that set, mm-hmm. but at least they're still making content while you know they're limited to being at home so it's 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 more inspiring than anything else but makes you wonder like once we get out of this if people will go back to how it used to be or just be comfortable with how we've dealt with this situation Mm -hmm. and just perhaps carry on and just do it even more maybe um but i definitely think like the quarantine will definitely have an influence or an impact like on the music um mm-hmm. scene because it kind of just it makes people kind of like kind of more like thankful for what the, even they had like before the quarantine and stuff and um yeah i remember because uh uh nicholas from like our uh group chat um oh, yeah. nicholas also went to he also went to mount royal with me and dane but he made a, a documentary and he was just saying I forgot what he said exactly, but he was saying something about how um, during quarantine, he just, like, decided to, like, start learning piano. So I feel like maybe more people are going to, like, start doing music uh, due to the quarantine and stuff. Or just, like, or just people that kind of, like, gave up on, like, past goals and dreams. Like, oh, I've always wanted to, like, play guitar or something, but school just kind of kept me in the way. But now I can finally learn it. Mm. I think, yeah, big, big events always have impacts on the music scene. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's how punk rock started. From, yeah. I think it was like the Reagan era, era of like the presidential campaign. Yeah. Definitely. That's how it all started because they all revolted against things. Mm-hmm. And I think we're definitely coming up to that, some sort of thing like that soon. Yeah, definitely. You definitely feel it rising. You can feel it for sure. Yeah. Something's bound to give in the next year or so. Yeah, some some movement in music and just like the world, world at large for sure. Just um, sort of yeah, just frustration with things because I don't know. You're right though. You're absolutely right. Like major events. Thinking back to you know 9/11 um, in New York mm-hmm. gave yeah. birth to a lot of bands that uh, well maybe not the event itself but just like that time I guess. You know, the Strokes came out of that, Interpol. Um, but yeah, My yeah, Chemical yeah. Romance, too. Yeah, true, like, true. The singer of My Chemical Romance, he actually, like, 
he was like in the building beside like the twin towers or something so we kind of like saw it beside him and like after that event he said okay i better start following my actual dream holding because like he kind of just realized in that moment like well like life is like kind of short sort of thing wow but he was he was he was making like comics and stuff but like as since he like saw that event happen he was like okay um i should probably do this because i only have like one life damn that's pretty inspiring mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh, like- gerard butler or no, sorry, not Gerard Butler. Gerard, Gerard Way. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oops. Almost. Close enough. 300, sorry. 300. Imagine Gerard Butler in my chemical one. Oh, my gosh. I don't want any beef, sorry. Fabulous. <laughs> apologies to Gerard Butler and Gerard Way. Oh, I'd, actually, I'd actually like to see that Gerard Butler and MCR. <laughs> They're, like, completely two different people. Uh, um... But yeah, that's that's very true. Like even thinking back, like one of my favorite bands of all time is Radiohead, and Tom York um, talks about in um, the song "Airbag" from OK Computer. It's inspired by his um, near-death experience in a in a car in a car accident, and um, right. the, the lyrical themes of the, the the song basically are are about you know like you survive something traumatic, and then after that, it's almost like you feel invincible, like you you had you're you're here for a reason. You're, you're supposed to do something in your limited time here. And, and sometimes you forget about that until there's something that shakes, shakes you up and makes you realize life is short and could easily, easily end. So I think you're right, John, like, and, and Landy, like a ton of, a ton of stuff is going to come out of this. Like people are just going to be following their dreams, I think. And there, there's mm-hmm. always like that period where it's like, it's it, people are really motivated out of something. And then of course it kind of like, goes back down after a while like it's just like the natural natural feeling people have like at first they're they're all motivated and then it slowly dies down but i think Mm -hmm. for some people it stays with them for life that they 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 don't let that um want die down to actually follow their dreams so Mm -hmm. quite interesting because um that's what i was thinking too and um because uh when i was going to a university and yeah, me and Dane were going to the univer- same university, by the way. Oh, um, right, I, didn't I sent you like the pictures of what it looked like. Yeah. So I was like there last year taking some classes. And I was also like, I was I was doing music then too, but it was like more of like a, a side thing. And then I just kind of re- like remember like thinking to myself like, man, do I really like want to continue like with this like class or whatever? Or do I like actually want to like just start following my dreams like completely and then that's why I decided to take a year off this year and um it's definitely put me more on like focus of like doing music like I'll still have like a a a side job or something but definitely just puts it more into like focus and uh oh yeah I guess I were looking back to the question like uh for um Brandon, like, so, like, what's school like for you right now? Um, college is difficult, I think. So we're, we're doing online classes just now, which um is different because we've had to change the way 
we get marked on a few things. So I, I'm doing I'm doing music at colleges now. It's a HNC. I don't know what that equals to over there, but that's what we call it here. Um, and your music <laughs> thing is your music school is free, right? Yeah, it's since oh, wow. I live in Scotland, it's free. We get private. We get um college education for free. I think that's nice. we just have to sign up for it. I think. That's and cool. yeah, it's it's pretty decent. It's completely different in um, our city where me and Dane live because for like music schools and stuff, it's like expensive. Actually, we don't really do we have a music school then or um like at the university level? Well, I think maybe just at the U of C, like mm-hmm. the main university. It's expensive though, I think. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. It's crazy though how like in Scotland it's like. It's free. Yeah. It's it's totally different, like, North America. I mean, it's basically just North America, really, that it's just so expensive, the U.S. and Canada. Like, yeah. We think it's normal, but it's really not normal for the rest of the world for it to be this expensive. Yeah. And it kind of forces people to take out loans, and it's, it's not a great situation. Like, I mean, I guess it works at the end of the day, but it doesn't always work for everyone individually. And, uh, yeah, we, I think we definitely look to Europe as just like, wow, why, how do they have so good with so many things that just make sense for them to be low cost or free? Um, yeah, because you guys have to pay for healthcare as well, right? Um, or is it free in Canada? We have to pay into a little bit, but it's not, Uh, it's not that bad. Like, it's not like the US. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the US is all. Yeah, yeah, but so Scotland, um, I don't want to talk about politics or anything, <laughs> Yeah. but I know like Brexit has obviously affected everyone in the UK. Mm. Um, how do you think, like, has that affected anyone in the music community in Scotland from what you've seen? From what I've seen, I think it's different in Scotland because we're totally, the entirety of Scotland's totally against that. It's pretty much just England yeah. that wanted it. But since they're the overruling power, they have control over all the other countries in the UK, right. and we don't get we pretty much don't get a say in anything. Yeah, which sucks. Oh. It's completely unfair. But um, in the music industry, it's going to be hard, I think, because it's going to be difficult for people from other countries to get into here and for us to get out. Yeah, we'll have to pay a lot more money to tour other countries just just to leave the country. Exactly. And yeah. especially like working visas and stuff like that, it's going to be a lot more difficult. I think it'll affect a lot of musicians. And there, I think they've got like a ban on you have to have, you have to have a certain amount of um, income now from mm-hmm. now on. Um, if you are like a musician coming to the UK, mm-hmm. so you can't you can't be like a small really small musician anymore coming here. You have to show how much you've made from right. this. To be able right. to be able to even like perform here, which right. is awful. So it'll definitely impact the creative community without a doubt. Jeez, yeah, that's crazy. Cause yeah, I was I was reading into that a little bit because it's really really shocking. Um, I have family in in Ireland. My grandfather's from Ireland. Uh, on the oh border. yeah, right. I forgot about that. I met your grandfather yeah, at the barbecue. Like Northern Ireland, Ireland, like along the borders. So. Um, 
I would love to live out there in, in Ireland one day. So I, I'm kind of looking into maybe doing it after university mm -hmm. for a little bit. And like the whole process is just like, it's so hard to know what's going to happen because you know, I could apply for Irish citizenship, I think for my grandfather, but um, yeah, like Northern Ireland, of course, like it'll, it'll be the same situation as Scotland. Uh, they they have to basically follow what what's going on in England and not, mm -hmm. not everyone agrees, but yeah, it's just, it just affects everyone's lives, I think, in that part mm -hmm. of the world right now. And the creative community will definitely, it'll definitely be a different, different world for them. Um, I think, I think like for Canada too, that's something that is an issue here because like Canadian artists, we need, we would need a visa or, um, and meet some like, income requirements the same way to ever tour in the u.s for example mm. and basically canadians were like at the mercy of the u.s as like that's the entertainment industry right below mm. us you know most canadians yeah, it's pretty much just like scotland it's yeah. the entertainment part right yeah yeah, yeah. and you like not all of our artists leave for the u.s but most of them have to most of them <laughs> have to sign to an american record label eventually mm -hmm. um to really sell their music um i did like a report on this on for my class a few weeks ago so i looked into like some of the some of the most notable canadian artists and the majority of them all of them almost except for like a small percentage they've had to had to leave canada at some point to to make their career mm -hmm. happen and that's such a Definitely. so many hoops to jump through to make it in the u.s to even live there especially today with um the current situation so mm -hmm. I, I can totally I can totally empathize with um, what Scotland must be thinking right now, especially cre the creative community, because it just makes it so many, so many more barriers to just collaborating, creating, getting your stuff out there. So I think the internet will be more reliant source, even more so to promote music and just, you know, get, get known in other countries because it's, it's going to be harder for everyone. Mm. Yeah. That's quite interesting though. But, um, so you're you're in what year in university are you right now? So I'm just finishing up my first year, and then I'll be moving on to a HND. But it probably doesn't make much sense to what HND is, but um, it's just like the higher up one. And then after that is my honors degree, which is like my last year. So there's only three years in the music mm. degree. Okay, three years. Nice, nice. So, like, do you think? When did you start your Bylandy project? Was that before you entered university or while? Um, I think it was while. I actually can't remember. I'm re As I said, my memory's horrible. <laughs> but um, it might have been just as I was getting into college. Um, I just remember thinking one day, because I've always struggled with artist names. I really hate artist names and band names. I <laughs> hate that so much because yeah. it's so hard to think of one you, you'll you think of like a name and you're like eh, it's okay but i'm gonna have to stick with that for the rest of my life that's gonna be me that's gonna be what's there for everyone to see do i really want to stick with this mm -hmm. I, I figured i yeah because there's um there's an artist really like she's called lava larue she's a rapper from england she's a really good friend with my brother actually um i've met her a few times but um she's so her artist name is Lava LaRue and her real name is Ava Laurel, which is like an anagram of that. 
Oh, okay. So that's the same with my artist name. So mine's is the first initial of my name, Brandon, and then all the letters of my last name as an anagram for Bylandy. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, I like anagrams, actually. <laughs> like, like, I think there's a few other... Well, there's not an artist name, but Interpol did that for, I keep talking about Interpol, but I love Interpol. Uh, <laughs> their album, uh, El Pintor, that means in Spanish, Inter, but they, they did oh. that of Interpol uh. also. So it has like dual meaning, right? But mm-hmm. I think that's, that's brilliant. That's actually really cool. Um, <laughs> but so it's still, it's like your name. It's technically it's your name, the same letters, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's not your real yeah. name, which uh-huh. is cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like an alter yeah. ego, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I know what you mean, though, like picking a, an artist name. I don't know. That's why. I don't know. Like I, I named my solo project and I don't even know if it's going to be like a one off thing. I don't know if it's going to be just like the EP or the album. That's the way I look at it right now is because I'm so I'm so indecisive, too. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to everything yeah. yeah. So like it's hard because. You know, if you change your name too much, people forget, like, who yeah. you actually are. Like, there needs to be some level of, like, consistency for people to, like, remember, okay, this is that person. Otherwise, they're not following you all the time. They don't know all, about all your name mm-hmm. changes. So that's the that's the scary thing about picking a name is, like, what if I change my name when I'm starting to get popular and then people don't know? Mm-hmm. They, for, they, don't, they can't search me by my old name or they just forget or something. So I know what you mean. So... I think like a lot of bands, what they tend to do, what from what I've seen is like they maybe just make their EP like the name of what they're thinking mm-hmm. of their artist name to be, and right. if that if that works out, then they carry on with that name, and if not, they maybe reinvent themselves. I think The Weeknd did that, or no, 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 The Weeknd didn't do that. I don't think his first EP was called The Weeknd. It might have been though. Uh, House of Balloons. House of Balloons. That was his very Balloons. first. Yeah, I don't think he ever made anything, actually. No, I think I'm mistaking him for someone else. His his thing actually started as, like, a... As a... As an R&B, like, project, almost like a band thing. Yeah. That's but then, I, there was also another, like, band from Toronto called The Weeknd from, like, right. the 80s. So that's right. why, that's why on, like, his yeah, thing, you have to remo- remove one letter, so it's, like, two E's, then the K, then the N, and the D. <laughs> But yeah. I, I like that too because he drops the E so it, it doesn't actually say end so the weekend yeah. the weekend never ends that makes perfect <laughs> sense right like Ooh, that's, yeah. that's his personality it's just the weekend all the time right yeah 24-7 weekend that's that's just his lifestyle so it's, it's pretty smart <laughs> um I just wanted to go back into um question, a question for uh, Brandon because um you left school early right you left grade you didn't yes. finish high school, right? Yeah, 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 I finished a year before I should have. So this should have been the year I was graduating, which I'm so happy I did now because I wouldn't have been <laughs> properly graduating or anything because of what's going on right now. Yeah. But um, like, yeah. This would have been your uh, this would have been like uh, your grade twelve year right now, right? I think so. I don't know what the difference. Yeah, the diff. Yeah. Or <laughs> Or they would call it like the senior year. Yeah, so this this would be yeah. my S six. That's what we call it. the The high school is S one to S six, and our primary school is P one to P seven. Oh, 
Yeah, that's completely different from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but well, I did think about that. But graduations, like I was supposed to graduate this year potentially. Right. And yeah, I'm not graduating because I I traveled every summer. I never took summer classes, so I didn't do as many classes as I should have. Like some people did, but I'm kind of glad it works out that way because next mm-hmm. year I'll probably graduate. But it's so hard to know. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, will the pandemic be over by next spring? It kind of I don't know, who knows? Delayed who knows? A little no bit. one does. <laughs> yeah, I think we said by the end of like August, hopefully, maybe September. I we'll doubt see. it at this point. I don't know. Hopefully, though. I'd really hope for it to be like that, but um, I think it'll be. I do. I doubt it'll ever stop. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because me and uh and Brandon, we were actually supposed to meet in person for the first time in California. Yeah, no we're way. planning on going to. Tyler Creators Festival in November. Camp Logna. Yeah, which most likely won't be going on anymore. Mm-hmm. Plus the tickets are the tickets are supposed to be um, sold next month, right? Yeah, tickets get sold next month, so we'll find out, I guess, next month. But I doubt I'll even be going, depending on the way America's taking this entire thing is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. I feel sorry about that, you guys. That's so, yeah, because we never met in person yet. So. Yeah. It's cra- it feels like I have met him in person though, but <laughs> haven't. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, I know. The internet. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Actually, Dan, I, I barely saw you this year too, because yeah. you've been with school. Yeah, we haven't seen each other since 2019, I think. Has it been that long? Oh yeah, yeah it has yeah, because January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really too bad. Like, most people didn't get a chance to say goodbye to people, like, in their school. Um, you know, there's just so many things. Like, yeah, it ruins so many plans across the board for everyone. So many artists canceling concerts. It's just, it's just like, major grief for everyone right now. Just, like, wishing things were the other way and all the things that won't happen, potentially. It's yeah. really, like, just, like, a huge, like, humbling experience just to be like, wow, okay, I'm really not in control of my life. Like I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think will change with um, as far as like your music? Like, will you be making? Do you think this experience will make your music any darker? Will it make it? Will you try to like do the opposite and try to make more, you know, channel more positive feelings into your music? But what, what do you think will change as far as your music? I'm trying to be more hopeful with things because mm-hmm. um that's that's what i like about music i'm not too into dark type music i'm really 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 into say pop music just now which is like a genre of japanese music from the 80s oh yeah and city um, pop did you say yeah say pop so their yeah. whole thing was um during the economic crisis in japan is when this music came up and it's all about hope and getting through this definitely yeah. which is nice. kind of related to what's happening just now I'd love yeah. to be part of that. That's really nice. Bring some yeah, positivity. Yeah. And uh, going back to your like uh, the music video for um, April's Fools. Uh, just thinking about like the video and from like what I saw, it's kind of like the perfect representation of like what's going on now because you were just like in your room <laughs> by yourself. Yeah. 
I was Fantastic. literally like right here where I'm sat. Yeah. Is it the same? Oh. Yeah, it's the same one. I was thinking it might be. Do this. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm. <laughs> wow. And you're like in different positions in the room. Yeah. You're like back and like forward. Was that before the pandemic or was that? It was during it now. It was, yeah, during oh. our lockdown that we're in just now. Oh, I see. It was like two weeks, like three weeks ago, I think. Uh, yeah, it was the start of this month. Oh yeah, because yeah, April. So mm-hmm. it was like a week after April first, something right. like that. Oh right, yeah. And uh, yeah, going back to the song, I just wanted to ask, um, what was the inspiration behind the song? Um, I think I started it just before the first of April, and I had that idea of like April's fool. I think I tweeted about it. I was like, um, I tweeted, "I'm simply April's fool." Right, I, I remember, thought yeah, it was I hilarious because <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was funny. And I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I can make a song about that. Um, it wasn't very topical once I actually made the song because it was after April Fool's. Right. But um, <laughs> it was fun. It's um, I guess it's about giving your all to someone and mm. not getting that feeling back. Right. You know, yeah. you're the fool in the relationship. Right. Like, yeah, I, I feel like definitely like going into or trying to find a relationship like during the quarantine too would be like super difficult. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I was thinking about that too. It's weird for everyone. It's like even if you wanted to like, you know to meet someone like you're not going to be able to in person for a while probably because everyone's worried about Mm -hmm. bringing it home to their family or whatever so exactly and everyone's kind of you i probably have noticed this too in the streets in scotland just like everyone's obviously makes sense people move away from each other but it it, and it's like i do that to other people too for sure yeah i do that more it feels like (laughs) like i'm trying to respect their space and i don't want them Mm -hmm. to be like worry that i'm coming close to them yeah. But like you do it so much that you kind of feel like this is just it doesn't feel like the, what humans are supposed to do like we're supposed to be mm-hmm. close to other humans we're supposed to like talk and socialize mm-hmm. and obviously it sucks and obviously i'm following the rules but like mm-hmm. you can't help but feel like it's not it's like unnatural for sure right yeah you're like scared of other people all the time and it takes a toll on people like like i don't know how easy it'll be when things are lifted to just go back to normal like just being in a room full of people and mm-hmm. you're already kind of like had some social anxiety or something imagine after this yeah make yeah. it so much harder for some people so it's super you'll, you'll like never, you'll never be able to know if everyone's fully cured that's, true that's yeah. the scariest thing yeah because it's yeah. like the black plague is was still a thing it was it was they killed a bunch of people and they got rid of it but there's still people and it came back Right. Like you never know. You really, really never know. That's what's so scary about that. Like mm-hmm. how how will we know if it's actually safe to go out? Yeah. Uh, every I feel like this period is just like it's super like we live in even kind of like before like the pandemic. I feel like a lot of like we kind of do live in an isolating period with technology and right, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And it kind of just like emphasizes it more. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's gonna, it's definitely gonna, the isolation period is gonna make more people like thankful for going outside and stuff. 
Could have a reverse effect. Like, yeah, like people could be more social after this when it's safe. Mm-hmm. Hard to know, though. It's really hard to know. Like for me, um, like during what I've learned during this isolation was like, yeah, I'm even just like going to like my friend's house or something, or even going to like, um, like get to get and get together or something that I didn't like really like. I'd like, I'm definitely gonna be like more thankful for that because like I'm. I'm still pretty like I um introverted. I like to like stay home and stuff and like watch movies and do music and stuff. But like that was just kind of like making me think like it's okay to like go outside and stuff and be social. Yeah. But uh yeah, kind of like even when I uh, heard uh, Brandon's song too, there was like a sense of like isolation in it, but also like a sense of like hopefulness too. Like, and that's what I really liked about your song. Thank you. Yeah, I, I felt the same for sure. Like, I wasn't sure if you recorded that before or after the, the pandemic, but um, so the video came out during the pandemic. But did you record the music previous to it, or? Um, I recorded the song. I think the third of April, and finished oh. it up maybe like the fifth or something like that, oh. and then. I recorded the video like the day, the, literally the day before I released the video, and the day oh, before God. the music came out, like literally midnight. So within a week, you had the song and video all finished. Yeah, that's the most like productive I've ever been. <laughs> I'm really, really bad at holding yeah. on to songs. That's that's good if you can have that same, um, if you can keep that up, like just keep putting out a song and video in the same week, because mm. I think that's something that. Um, I've never done personally, never. So I, I have to applaud you for that. That's pretty impressive. Um, so do you have any like EPs in the works or albums in the works on the horizon in the next few months? Yeah, definitely. Well, part of my work for college was to um, make a four song EP by the end of May, which um, by the looks of it, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm, I, def, I think I'm going to try and get demos done by the end of May and then just focus on perfect as much as I can perfecting them and try and release end of June, hopefully. I'm, I'm trying to be as hopeful as I can. It really mm-hmm. just depends on my motivation. Yeah. Actually, Dane, uh, Brandon actually sent me a snippet for an unreleased song. And it actually sounds like um, the Style Council. Ooh, yeah, Dane, Dane also Dane. loves the Style Council. Oh, another fan. Let's go. Paul Weller. Paul Weller. They're incredible. Long Hut Summer just passed me by. Oh, man. I love <laughs> yeah. that event. They're so good. John put me on to Style Council two years ago. And there's like a ripple effect. Like I, I kind of showed it to like my friend Brandon, co-host. He, he was supposed to be here today. Um, and then he ended up playing Style Council like crazy. Um it's just, like, funny how, like, John just, like, inspired, like, everyone around him to, like, really love him. Mm-hmm. I, think I, showed, I think I showed it to you, too, Brandon, right? Still yeah, you got me into it. And then uh, my dad had brought his records down. For he had them up in the attic. And there was a Stealth Council record that he had. It was um, Confessions of a Pop Group, which is, like, one. my top three album of all time now. It's the best, the best Stealth so Council Have you it's heard that one, one. Dan? Um, I'm gonna have to double check. What what songs are off of it? 
That's uh, um, How She Threw It Away, the best yeah. song on there. Yeah. I'll send you a, YouTube. I'll send you a link for it. It's so good. Yeah. I want to hear, yeah. hear that. What's crazy about that album, too, is, like, it didn't do so, like, it didn't do, like, well on, like, the charts. Yeah, it's the worst performing one. But it's, like, Paul Weller's, like, favorite. Sorry. Sorry about that. All good. Was... Paul Weller's favorite album? Yeah, but it, like, did the worst. He said that he felt, like, it was almost like his tranquility, almost. Okay. Or, like, his pet sounds, like, Beach Boys. Wow. He was able to really experiment on it. Damn. I'm going to be looking at this That's so cool, because John showed me, like, their music, and then I found out there was actually a record of them about two weeks later in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy how things align like that. Yeah, it it yeah. synchronized like it's crazy. And then the song that you um, it's called again, fools or no, not fools. Um, uh, what is that? What is the? You just sent it to me. I forgot what it's called now. Um, find find your freedom. Mm. So the song he the the snippet or the. The song he was working on, he sent it to me, and it sounded sounded like exactly like the style counts. Like, uh. Wow. Well, I, yeah. I want to hear this. <laughs> send it my way. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. And you yeah. Listen. It's okay. We won't, we won't leak it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on DMRBF, new song from Bylandy. <laughs> yeah. We just hit an hour with Bylandy, so unfortunately, I think that's all the time we have for it, but... Why don't you um, just let the fans know where to find your music and where to look for you? Awesome. So I'm on all streaming platforms under the name Bylandy. That's B-Y space L-A-N-D-E-E. And I'm on Instagram, just that, but there's a, an underscore instead of the space. And Twitter is just that, and but no space or underscore. And I'm on SoundCloud with a bunch of demos and stuff, but they're all... Everywhere. Just look up Bylandy and it'll be there. Bylandy. Nice. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us so late in the evening. Thank you. Talking to Deem Your BF with John Swan. That was that was awesome. Mm. I'm Thank glad you. I got him on the show. <laughs> Crazy. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great. That's so sweet. Thank you all, all right. and have a great weekend. This was DM Your BF. DM out. I'll stop the recording here. We can